rolling. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 355, I think. April 2nd, no. 2020. Don't. Don't. <laughs> 78 degrees uh, was the high on this day in 1981, and it was 9 degrees in 1877. White Bear Lake ice outs on this day, 1928, 1999, 2015, and ladies and gentlemen, today. 2020. Nice. Wow. Minnetonka, ice outs on this day, 1946, 1999, 2010, and ice outs will continue to increase as the month of uh, the month of April plays out. And I need to pass on one, and I know you're going to rip me. Yeah. Uh, our buddy Senator Jasinski, yeah. French Lake is officially ice free today. Where's that? Where's down, that? Down my way, down Faribault way. So well, what saying. is it, about 12 acres? <laughs> See, I knew you were going to rip me. That's not even a real lake, is it? <laughs> no. Is that a real lake? Yeah, the only lakes lake. that exist are in the metro for you. Yeah. The East Shore. French Lake's beautiful, it's by the way. It's Garage Logic. With working on production, Chris Reavers, director of social media. Look at it up. John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner. And keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Sushiman. This email stuff is driving me crazy. Why? <laughs> I just, I got a really neat email from a guy. Yeah. Oh, here it is. I found it. Uh, from Michael Bennett, who writes, I listen to your podcast every day, and I hear you say the record temps and ice out date are strictly for your enjoyment. I want you to know that is not correct. I started listening to your podcast in the middle of this winter and was thrilled to hear that you also do ice outdates. For your enjoyment and mine, never stop reporting the record temps at ice out date. Tell everyone in the podcast to shut up and listen to them quietly. <laughs> pushing pushing back from Madison Lake, Minnesota. Thank you, Michael. I, I enjoy them too, Michael. So but it's you in, and I. In your world, Madison Lake does not matter. It's only Minnetonka and White Bear. Well, that's because the only ones I have sh- exhaustive sheets for. You want me to do all 10,000? Well, yes. You know, I, uh, occasionally I shake it up yeah. and do a lake somewhere else. And what about yeah. Malax? I'll be glad to. Uh, get me the data. Uh, positive from uh, Brian Hoffmeister. On my way to and from work yesterday and this morning, the spring peeper frogs are awake and chirping. Nice sign of spring. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I'm listening. Putting together a positive Thursday show oh, is virtually impossible. Yeah. Uh-huh. I've done my best, but the uh, the virus has quite a grip on us, and it's uh, it's taking its toll on the uh, the gathering of news. I, I, I want to get something essentially not positive out of the way, because I'm uh, continually amazed at the way listeners listen to the show. All right. Okay, go ahead. Uh, Joe, count me with the crowd who has not been happy with your response to the coronavirus pandemic. In the 13-plus years I've been podcasting, I've never skipped or fast-forwarded anything. But now, when you three start talking coronavirus, I find myself thankful for the 30-second jump. Your fear is hard to listen to. Our fear? Craig Johnson had two very reasoned responses, and you considered them briefly. Let me stop right there. No, I didn't. Those uh, emails from Craig Johnson were given extensive time on the show. 
I thought they were wonderful emails. Then the two morons with you helped encourage you to stand with the overreaction and dismiss any other perspective. I think you read the Wall Street Journal. Perhaps you missed the attached article from today. You say you defer to Dr. Fauci, and that's fine. But why don't you defer to all scientists, many of whom are doctors, who fear climate change? Because they can't prove anything. I'm not saying coronavirus is nothing. Neither do these two Stanford doctors. What I'm saying is what other doctors I know say, the reaction is too strong and costly compared to other pandemics. This is not much. But there's no use in saying anything to you, and you will just dismiss me like you have others who have made their cases more eloquently. What the hell is this guy babbling about? I'm letting you know I'm, a, I'm having a hard time hanging with the three of you through this. Sorry to be another log on the fire, but given our ability to do science and create, and given the fact that there is a God who is there, there's never been a better time in history to take on a pandemic, and that's a reason for at least some optimism. Mike Thompson and Big Fort, Big Fort, Big Fork, Montana. Mike's a frequent emailer. What the hell is he talking about? Help a staff? I, anyone? I, I, anyone? I don't know. I'm a babbling idiot. I don't know. Uh, and I'm a moron, so hell, I don't know. Me not know what he say. Me dumb, dumb. Me afraid of pandemic. <laughs> me think he going to die soon. Me so dumb. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I, we we are who we are, and we feel what we feel, and we're sorry you disagree. And you know what? I I, I said this before the show, and I'm going to repeat it because I've said it multiple times. The, the 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 anxiety amongst all of us, and I'm I'm throwing myself in there. Is is at a point where I don't think it's ever been before in our lives. I I've really never, never felt this, and and I think people are just they're they're choosing to lash out. You know, it's it's when you're in a relationship. I have news for you. you. Who do you yell at? You yell at the person that's closest to you most often. I think that that's what's happening right now. I have uh, a history with anxiety. Yep. I am not suffering any anxiety whatsoever. You're kidding? Really? No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Huh? How? How, how is that even possible? Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised. By I that. have seen you uh, with, you know, when you've been uh, worried. Let's say, mm-hmm. um, how, how, why aren't you? Because short of taping myself into a room and never coming out, there's not a damn thing I can do about it. I was filled with anxiety for the greater part of yesterday afternoon after I went over to your house, picked up a uh, stereo receiver that you were getting rid of. And the reason I was full of anxiety is because you and I at one point were about five feet apart or five feet close, however. And it just drove me crazy. What if I'm a carrier? What if I gave it to the old man? What if the old man doesn't live to see next Monday? Well, you didn't cough or sneeze. But... Did you were just s- breathing. No, don't, 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 don't do this to him. All right. What did he do? Oh my God! What did he do? No, no, I got I to wipe something down. No, Chris and I, before we went on the air, were just talking about a tweet from CNN saying uh, that there's people now saying that um, it doesn't necessarily have to be a cough or a sneeze or talking. It can just be by breathing. Yeah. Well. And then you combine. I'm not going there. I'm not going there. And then you combine that with the 27 feet that we talked about yesterday. It'll please Mike Thompson in Big Fork, Montana, that I'm not worried about people breathing. Okay. You got to breathe. 
But if you go, then I have to live with your CP PO'd at me for the rest of my days. Ah, uh, don't sell yourself short. I don't think she'd be that upset. You'll <laughs> <laughs> well, be all right. Well, if you're when you're on your deathbed, I'm just going to come over and lick your face so I can join you in heaven. All right, yeah. since Positive Thursday has gotten off to such a flying start. I, I-, I, have, I have positivity. I just wanted to get Mike's email out of the way because uh, it disappoints me that someone that regular right. uh, can, can develop the these extraordinary views that don't seem to have any basis in fact. Uh, as I say, Mike, if it pleases you, I ain't worried about people breathing. Go ahead and breathe. All right. You go into the store, you got people are breathing, right? What are you going to do? I suppose you wear a mask. Well, yeah, and there's mixed reviews on that too. You know. Well, the, I, the the general consensus is that they don't want people hoarding them so that they're available. To the medical professionals and people that actually need them that are on the front lines of this. I'll tell you what. I'd be terribly skeptical, terribly skeptical, if thousands of people weren't dying and yet the daily news was forecasting the dread and doom that they are. Unfortunately, the dread and doom that they're purveying every day is accompanied by rising death rates. Right, yeah. So without those, I'll, yeah, count me among this. This is all BS. More, more uh, uh, news gathering hysteria. It ain't hysteria when thousands of people are dying, and you can see it. That's evidence. Unlike global warming, which offers no evidence. And it's so, the, and it's also the just the fear of the unknown that we keep having to discuss all the time. That's the definition of anxiety: yeah. the fear of the unknown. That's want, all it is. You want to keep your brain busy doing pointless and dumb exercises. No. Uh, yesterday afternoon, I also started thinking about that letter you read from the old guy, um, who was taking on the media something something, and for some reason that got me thinking: what if Hillary had won? How would and the virus came along and did exactly what it's doing, how would the media, how would the country, how would everybody be reacting right now? And I just run that exercise through my brain. And uh, it's just something interesting to think about. Do you care to care to say anything about that? Well, I think, I think we arrived at some conclusion about that yesterday. I, I, think the, I don't think the coverage of the deaths would be obscured. I think the, the the magnitude of the virus would be reported, but I guarantee you there would be more positive news than there is today. Yeah. There's not a positive note you can find anywhere. No, there certainly isn't. No. All right. Stacy, uh, the GL geologist. Kenny, I love you, man, and I know you meant well. Here we go. But North America, including the U.S., yes. is on is okay. on one tectonic plate we don't have a plate boundary in the middle of the country below is a simple cartoon map of the tectonic plates of the world the idaho earthquake was the result of a shallow fault within the north american plate the earthquake occurred in the western part of the centennial tectonic belt no earthquakes of magnitude five or over have occurred within 50 kilometers of this location in the past 50 years That's very telling. The most notable earthquake in the area occurred about 100 kilometers to the east. It was a 6.9 in 1983. You learn more here by accident than elsewhere by design. Wow. Here's Joe Suchere. I did not know that. There's something going on with Mother's swimsuit area. 
That is so fascinating. I, I Mother's could, rumbling. I could talk to her for hours about this stuff. You think Mother got the corona? Uh, yeah, Mother's got something wrong with her. Mother's uh, Mother's acting up. Is that causing you anxiety? No. Okay. Well, if I'm going to worry about something, I've told you, uh, if I'm going to worry about something, I can't do anything about it. Be that magnificent caldera in Yellowstone, because if that goes... This pandemic won't mean squat. Mm-hmm. What See you was later. Your, what was your line a couple of weeks ago? I don't know. That you don't worry about the the big stuff? Oh. oh. I take my tragedy straight. It's the everyday stuff that gets me down. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the day-to-day stuff that wears me down. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Tim writes, it was noted on the podcast that the Navy's hospital ships are designed specifically to provide medical aid. But perhaps the most heroic rescue ship ever was not a hospital ship or even a ship designed to carry passengers. The SS Meredith Victory was a merchant marine cargo ship that was repurposed by its captain to carry out a mass evacuation of civilians during the Korean War. It is credited with being the largest humanitarian rescue operation ever by a single ship, evacuating more than 14,000 refugees in a single trip. The refugees were packed like sardines in a can and had to remain standing up shoulder to shoulder in freezing weather conditions during the three-day voyage. There was very little food or water, and the people were virtually unable to move for the entire trip. And he notes parenthetically, the mayor probably would have not fared well under such circumstances. Five babies were born on board the ship before it arrived at its destination, Gyoje Island. A staff officer on the ship later recalled the extraordinary conditions. There's no explanation for why the Korean people, as stoic as they are, were able to stand virtually motionless and in silence. We were impressed by the conduct of the refugees despite their desperate plight. We were touched by it. What makes the feat even more remarkable is the fact that the Meredith Victory was designed to carry cargo, not people. It had no means of self-defense since the few weapons it had were unloaded in order to cram more people on board. There were no escort ships. The Meredith Victory was ultimately dubbed the Ship of Miracles because it was designed to carry just 12 passengers and a 47-person crew. The ship's captain, Leonard LaRue, retired when the ship was decommissioned two years after the rescue effort. He became a Benedictine monk at St. Paul's Abbey in New Jersey and adopted the religious name of Brother Marinus. In 2019, the Roman Catholic Diocese of Patterson, New Jersey, opened a canonization request for Brother Marinus. So there. Wow. 14,000 people were evacuated on a ship designed to hold 12 passengers. That's incredible. Well, you learn more here by accident than elsewhere by design. And me learn two things today. <laughs> uh, I've, I've actually put you guys on pause, and I'm reading about North American, the North American plate. <laughs> so I have no idea what you guys are talking about right now. Uh, well, it was an interesting story, Kenny, about a ship, and I wish you'd focus. I'll listen to the podcast, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Big Stone, Minnesota area Chamber of Commerce got the idea to raise money for local small businesses during this COVID-19 era. The original goal was ten grand. 
We are a sparsely populated county. Average income is $52,000 a year. 24% of us are seniors. $103,060 has been raised, all in gift certificates to be used later. There is no handling fee. Completely accomplished by volunteers. 100% of the money will go out to the businesses by Tuesday, April 7th. Now that's positive. Yeah, that is fantastic. Mary Ross. Mary Ross sent what me that. What was the township? What did you say? Uh, Big it's Stone? in uh, Big Stone. Big Stone. Becker, Beltrami, Big Stone, Blue Earth, and Brown. Are your uh, Becker, Beltrami, Benton, Big Stone, Blue Earth, and Brown? Are your B counties? I got to look that up. I don't know where Big Stone is. I think she's out west. Okay. She's way Big out Stone. west. You know why way she's named west. Big Stone, Chris? No. Big Stone. Ah, Ortonville. That area. Say at uh, at Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo, uh, Chris, you have a live update report. So I did what you told me to. Uh, first of all, I, I didn't reach out to the rest of the staff because I was told that that was uh, under these quarantine rules that that was no longer required. That's been lifted so, temporarily. Uh, when I finished my duties here, I got into the got into the car, headed uh, headed over there after I placed my phone call, telling them what I wanted, and I ordered not one. Not two. What? Oh no! But five. What? Meatloaf. Five meatloaf. Five. <laughs> oh my god! And I just remember now. I forgot to tweet that out last night, so I'll do that later today. Yeah. Because you know I'm a growing boy. I need my meatloaf. Uh, and Hell I also, yes. I also got a pack of rookie burgers and uh, some chicken breasts for the bride. And it was and very busy. By the were way, you able, were you able to pay over the phone? Uh, I. They asked me if I wanted to. Uh, but I thought maybe I would go in because there was probably a couple other things I would want. Yeah. Uh, but but they had it everything ready to go. Boom! I I placed the phone call. It was all ready for me. And the place was bustling. Yeah, and it was. It, but everybody was keeping their distance, and everybody was respectful for that. But yeah, they were very busy. Did yesterday. you meet any GLers there? I did not. I'm, the only person I spoke to, I think his name was Jeff behind the counter. He was the one that helped me out. Okay. This is Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo. It's on Highway 61, just uh, just at the north end of town. And for uh, safety and distancing, here's what you can do you can call ahead go to their website grunhofer old-fashioned meat market.com right reeves yep and call 651-426-2800 they'll prepare your uh, uh prepare everything you want they'll bring it out and place the order in your trunk you can pay them over the phone it's all a clean sanitized deal uh and you'll learn uh, you'll learn if you haven't what the glers have already learned that this is an extraordinary extraordinary meat market we have locked looked at we have lucked on to something with the discovery of Grunhoffers and the Grunhoffers discovery of Garage Logic. Mm-hmm. Uh, business is booming. It's a fabulous quality. It's all homemade or butcher made or whatever you want to say it right in there by professional meat cutters. And I apologize if, they, uh, if they're out of meatloaf. That, that one's my bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Grunhoffers Old Fashioned Meat Market in Hugo on Highway 61. We'll be back. Did you ever think common sense would be this much fun? Joe Suchere. Positive. Here we go. Next Tuesday, I believe, is April 7th. Correct. Sure. Another supermoon, baby. The pink supermoon. Oh, the wow. biggest, the biggest and brightest of 2020. Why pink? 
something that beautiful to look at, huh? Uh, according to NASA, the moon will be at its closest point to Earth in its orbit, and uh, we got that. Uh, we know all about that. I don't know why it's called pink. Usually a lot of the names come from our Native American brothers and sisters. The April full moon, full moon, also known as the pink grass or egg moon, will appear fullest around 1035 uh, p.m. Eastern Time, Tuesday. Great, 9.30 here. I, can, I won't even miss that. Hmm. Want to bet uh, on that? <laughs> while it's called the... No. <laughs> while it's called the pink moon, don't expect to see any hues of pink. The name comes from pink wildflowers called creeping flocks that bloom in early spring, often around the time of April's full moon. This is according to the Old Farmer's Almanac. The supermoon also happens to occur the week before the 50th anniversary of the Apollo 13 mission. The mission was supposed to land on the moon. However, an explosion on board forced the crew to circle the moon and head back to Earth. But for some uh, gorgeous uh, nature... Uh, next Tuesday night at 9:30 our time, you'll have the uh, you'll have the best super moon of the year, and I think that's fantastic, and it's uh, it it'll put us all in our place. So you're passing that off as good news, are you? Hell yes. <laughs> Pick you want to know how you want to know how difficult it is to come up with? Well, I do. I've been going through the paper, and uh, one of the items I found is it's in the form of a headline in the uh, local section, Star Tribune. And the headline uh, says, Climate Crisis Takes the Back Burner. I, I just read that and thought, yeah, maybe that's good news. That is good news. Say, uh, we have good news for tomorrow. Uh, we're going to have a guest at noon tomorrow, Dr. Stephen Richardson. Yep. Does that name ring a bell? Turns out Stephen's dad, Michael, Mike, is a fan of the show, and Stephen listens when he can. Stephen Richardson is the doc at the U of M who's come up with an innovative way to create cheap ventilators. Literally working out in his garage, perhaps. We'll learn it all tomorrow. But he's a doc at the U of M, and he's going to join us tomorrow at noon. Because I have a lot of ventilator questions. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm thrilled that uh, we were able to make connections. And what was the uh, what was the U of M news we had earlier this week? Uh, in conjunction with the Mayo, they're developing antibody That's tests. That's right. That's right. And then you can get uh, you in the penalty box for two minutes, then you are set free. Then you get free. You get free, mm-hmm. and you can go back out in society. That'll be a tremendous... Uh, That'll be a happy day. It'll be a happy day. Tremendous things. You know what? Tremendous things. Do you know what, what gives me comfort? What, 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 what eases my anxiety? We got well, people. Oh, we got people. We got people that are taking care of stuff. Listen, you guys, you didn't go through it, but I, I'm of the polio generation. Uh, rest in peace, Jonas Salk, S-A-L-K. He created the vaccine. Uh, you know, it was routine, man. You were piled into the car. You had to go get your polio shot. And uh, I have no doubt, no doubt that it'll just it's just a matter of time that uh, the current generation of kids will be uh, piled into the SUV and go get their coronavirus shots. I know people that survived polio. And what what's really shocking about the people that survived polio, it, it took them out of commission for up to a year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it took a good solid year to recover from polio, if you did, in fact, recover. Right. And it seems like it always affected walking um, or limbs. Yes, you know, of course it yeah, did. Yeah. And uh, apparently I got in under the wire. I mean, I must have been one of the – I was among the hundreds and hundreds of thousands who benefited from the vaccine yeah. and didn't get it. Yeah. Uh, and I don't recall – of course, I was too young. I wouldn't know, and I – 
I don't know if it's analogous to today's current situation. I would have to know the time period over which polio ran its course, but the country did not shut down, to the best of my knowledge. The country did not shut down. Yeah, I don't know anything about the spread of it or, or anything like that. Well, you could look it up. Yeah, probably won't, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not positive, but it's worth a good laugh. The bottom of the fold, the front of the Star Tribune, there's a guy out in a park working out. He's lifting up a big brick rock. I saw that, yeah. <laughs> it's not necessarily positive, but man, what a goober. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes mockery makes me happy. See, I've never understood, I've never understood the people who believe that they only work that they can only work out in a gym situation. Right, right. I've never understood that. Yeah. I I much prefer to be outside. But this guy strikes me as he's been uh, uh, you know locked out of his gym, and, and he doesn't know what to do. So he's walking around looking for bricks to lift. <laughs> he's right. got a big huge block. And GLers, don't uh, you don't have to gang up on me because yeah, right now my belly is resting on top of my legs. I know I'm a lard ass. You don't have to call that into <laughs> yeah. into my attention, please. Uh, where was I? Oh, the gym. You know, people people walk their laps and run indoors. Why not go for a walk outside? Plus, you don't pay any gym fees. Right, right. I've just never, I've never maybe it's generational. I've just never felt the need well, to belong I, to a gym. I worked in the industry for about a half a decade. I, I get why people like that style. Why? Tell me. It's the, it's the communal sense of I've got somewhere to go and I have a task to accomplish. You know, I used to be one of I used to be in shape. I used to be one of those people. And yeah. I You were a lot angrier those days though. Yeah, I really was. You're pretty happy now. Yeah, I like this gig a lot. I had better. a buddy who she would go work out solely for the purpose of silently never acknowledging it, but silently competing with the chick right next yeah, to her. Yeah, that's exactly She'd what Run it is. faster, lift yep. more, do more. That's exactly what it is. And they never exchanged words or talked to each other. She's nope. just going to I'm going to be better than that B word right. is what she would say. I'll be damned. Yeah. 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 Uh, Reavers, what are you looking at? So, oh, hold on a second, Joe. Suit, uh, suit. I just forwarded you to a text. Joe, is your phone near you? Yeah, right here. Can you? Uh, so, you guys remember that road trip I took back in February? Yes. To uh, oh, to go acquire Chris. a vehicle. Um, yes. My dear friend and my next door neighbor, neighbor Dave, we call him in our house. He's my mechanic, and so uh, I, it's actually it's it's great because I just give him the keys. He takes my vehicle, changes the oil, does whatever, brings it home. I don't have to do anything. I have to take it anywhere. It's it's fantastic. Uh-huh. So yesterday, I get home, and he uh-huh. was going to change the oil in it. This this yep. isn't real, is it? I'm looking at the picture. This isn't real, is it, Chris? And I I had to wait till she got home, and she said, what's wrong? I said, I need to go for a drive. Because I couldn't yell at Neighbor Dave, because Neighbor Dave is my guy. And the front end of the entire vehicle is smashed in, caved in. Oh, Chris. He said the technician was taking it out for, you know, after they rotate the tires, they always take it around the block and do whatever to make sure everything's working. And he said, I'm so sorry. I don't know what to do. Tell me if you want me to. I get home. The bleeping thing's sitting in my driveway. It was an April Fool's joke. Oh, thank God. What? I went to his front door. Because he's the Chris, kind of guy. I almost had a heart attack. I was going to start crying for you. But where did he get the aviator? I don't know where he found oh. this photo. He found a crash aviator to put in your driveway. And the, the front exact... end is just destroyed. Oh, but here's my the best God. Part. Chris, I'd kill him. So that's all, a great joke. All of no, the that's guys, not a great joke. All of the technicians and everybody at his shop, they all listen to us. They all know everything about us, right? <laughs> so they devised this plan knowing that Dave, and Dave specifically said, I need to take it on. 
on Wednesday, knowing full damn well it was April Fool's. He had this planned out for about a week and a half. This is fantastic. And so I, I got home, and there was my truck in perfect condition oh. sitting in my driveway, and I stormed right over. And he's in the front door laughing, and he says, tell me you're not going to kill me. I said, kill you? I'm going to give you a kiss. That's the best prank ever pulled on me. Now, that's, now see what that is? That's that's mischief. And that's why I wanted to unveil it on Positive Thursday. Can I read the text? Yes, go right ahead. It's a, above this, or it's below this picture of the front end of this car that's just destroyed. And they're all listening to us when they download this oh, podcast, by the way, in the shop. I feel terrible. My technician went to take it for a test drive after rotating the tires, which we always do. And as he was leaving, he got hit by a truck. He's doing okay, but the aviator got pretty messed up. Not sure what I should do if I should tow it to a body shop or have them check it out or what. I'm so sorry. Uh, Julie's on the way to pick me up. That's uh, his wife, yeah. Dave. Let me ask you something. Oh, my God. Let me ask you something. This guy wins ahead. April. Yes, he does. Were, were you made aware of this only by a text photo to your phone? Yes. On the, but when you got home, your aviator, undamaged, was in your driveway? No, no, no. So he still had it when I got home with the boys yesterday. He still had it at his shop, which I thought. And then I got the the, the message from him about a quarter to five, because he usually gets home about six o'clock from work. Yeah. And he knew I was home already. Yeah. Yeah. So that's when he sent the text message when he knew I was home because his wife's a teacher and she was at home and probably said, hey, Chris is home. No, now you can send it to him. So the, the, the damaged one, that might be a stock photo they got out of Omaha. And I don't know exactly. I have yeah. no idea, but they found the exact make, model, the year. Everything was the exact same vehicle as the one I have. Was your wife in on it? She was. Okay, good. Yeah. Oh, that's good. fantastic. Because she's got to be in on it for when you call her. Well, she said, well, where, where are you going? I said, I'm going for a drive. Guess where I drove? <laughs> huh. I drove to the liquor to bleeping store. Mankato. I was so wound up. Oh, Reavers. <laughs> really? I just had to go for a drive in the country. That was the only thing that was going to calm me down. My initial plan was I was going to go south through Belle Plaine to make, maybe Henderson and turn around. I said, no, nope, i got to keep going. Do your brothers know about this oh, yet? Yeah. Do they tell <laughs> Oh, yeah. I bet they loved oh, it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. That is that is a really well thought out prank. Oh, he got me good. So good. That's just wonderful. So that would, I, I got to warn you, that would literally kill me. Well, that's why I, I, I would be dead. I was so mad, but but again, Dave's my guy. I couldn't yell. You know, I didn't want to be mad at him. That's why I just needed to go that for wasn't a drive. A, that, wasn't, that wasn't a stop me. <laughs> oh, yeah. no, we know. So I'm going to post this for the GLers so they can, uh, they can take some glee so in it as well. You would have blown that bridge right out oh, of the hell. water. Oh. I would have blown up the water. Front. Right. I mean, so, imagine how you reacted when I just started up your car and gently gave it a, a little bit of gas. <laughs> you oh. freaked out. Oh, that's better than what the wife did to me one year. Yeah, the, uh, the one she did to you, I still love that one. That one's yeah. pretty good. That's pretty good. The yeah. phone rang from 6 a.m. to midnight because she put an ad in the paper. Cars, boats, everything must go. <laughs> You know? <laughs> no offer turned out. No offer all. refused. Could you imagine if that had happened in the cell phone era? Oh my God! <laughs> oh, God. Joe, phone's for you again, Joe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but this, I think, this is my new number one. Oh, what they did with that car. I knew you know you... why? You know why? It required planning. It did. It required execution. Yep. It required knowing that the victim would suffer trauma. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and that that victim was, in fact, yeah. Chris Reaver. Right. In fact, it was me. <laughs> it involved a number of cooperating parties yep. that had to be in on it. Yep. 
Oh, splendid. Just splendid. Yeah. Top drawer. Yeah. Top drawer. So I'll give them a plug. If you're looking at getting your oil changed, the old Midas and Hopkins, they'll take you. Because uh, i got news for you. Schoonover would have seen you coming with that thing, oh. and he would have said, just keep going. Right. Don't even bring it here. Yeah. <laughs> it, is, it looks totaled. But that's what I was playing in my head. Because I, I, you know, I, I have the radio. I'm thinking, okay, great. Now i got to call Mike and see if it's even worth salvaging. And I'm thinking, now I have to go get another vehicle. Oh, he had me good. He got me real oh. good. Yeah, I you were. I'm looking at that. I'm thinking maybe Mike could fix that. Ah, you know, a few parts here and there. Well, so. well you could, but you'd never be the same. Toss some know. Bondo on her, send her out. <laughs> no, I can't, I can't say that for Mike. No, no, That's no. Awful. That's not the That's way Schoonover does business. And by the way, they also change oil, too. And you know what yeah. else I, that, I, that occurred to me this morning as I looked at the photo for about the 900th time? Huh. He grabbed the perfect photo that had the license plate damaged where I couldn't read the license plate. Yeah. Because it's on the front part, you know, the, the whole front end of the grill and everything else right. was damaged to the point where there was no license plate to be visible. Oh, that was good. That was well, real I'm telling good. you, I, I'm telling you, they put some work into you, it. You've yes. got to somehow post that either on uh, the book face or uh, yeah. Twitter or something. I will. I will That's post really that. good. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I got tears on my face from laughing so hard. That's a good one. That yeah. is really a good one. Yeah. Uh, say, uh, Countryside Volkswagen. Alfa Romeo and Fiat in Maplewood, countryside, southeast quadrant of Highway 61 and 36, because I always have to get the word quadrant, quadrant. in. Quadrant. Uh, are trying to keep you safe and still get you into a really great car. Uh, updated hours of operation Monday through Friday, 8.30 to 5 p.m., Saturday, 9 a.m. to 2. On-site sales appointment only. They've got great websites with all the inventory of the different makes. Go to Schmelz, S-C-H-M-E-L-Z, SchmelzVW.com, SchmelzAlphaRomeo.com, SchmelzFiat.com. Make your appointment. That way there's no browsing with other people on the sales floor. It's good. It's safe for everybody. And the on-floor on floor employees are working half shifts to limit exposure. They're cleaning and disinfecting. That's happening throughout the day and between shifts. And you will enjoy this experience because you'll be the only one there. And you pick out what you like on the website and get out there, and you'll have your own personal meeting. Yes, Kenny? That's how it should be. I, I just love that you say disaffecting. Instead what did of, I say? Disaffecting? <laughs> instead of disinfecting, you've said, disinfecting. It, you've said it two days in a row, and I think yeah. I'm disaffected by that. And if you yeah. need the oil change in that Volkswagen, I know a guy that'll take good care of you. <laughs> yeah, well, they'll take good care of it countryside. <laughs> That's true, too. They countryside. Won't, they won't prank you on uh, April Fool's Day. <laughs> oh, it's great service. It's a generational dealership. They don't have 50 stores. Uh, all of their time and energy is right there at Countryside Maple. In Maplewood, Countryside, Volkswagen, Alfa Romeo, Fiat. And right now, make your own appointment for your own personal showing and test drive. You won't be encountering crowds of people. You can practice your social distancing. It's absolutely fantastic. SchmelzVW.com, SchmelzAlfaRomeo.com, and SchmelzFiat.com. We're going to be returning with uh, the guitar-playing newsman, John Haidt. Hello again, this is Mike Fratelloni from Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores. Fratelloni's is open every day till 6 p.m., seven days a week. Please come on in. We are practicing ultra no-touch 
social distance customer service. You're going to come in and we're going to say, hey, what can we help you find from 10 feet away? We're not going to touch you. You're not going to touch us. We're constantly cleaning our stores. We're really trying to be as safe for our employees and as safe for our customers as we possibly can. So be aware that our customer service is going to be a little different. Stop on at Fratelloni's right now. Come on in. Social distance customer service. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores. The earth is not your mother. The Joe Suchere Show. Hi, Johnny Height. Hello, fellas. How are you? Pretty good. Good, good. You fighting off the virus? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Trying so very far, hard. So far, so good? So far, so good, yeah. John, are you entertaining uh, company up there? Uh, no. no. Okay. Well, me, the other day I stopped by to drop yeah, some stuff Chris, off for him. That's yeah. why I asked. Okay. Chris why do you want to go up helpful, there? So. Want to go up there and play? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> I, I got nothing else to do. Yeah. He's got a new stereo I, he'd like to give you. <laughs> just got through uh, sitting at the table for about 45 minutes with the kid playing. So there's nice. some jamming going on here. Nice. Cool. Are you getting any better? <laughs> no, but wow. he is. No, but wow. he is. That was a joke, John. I that was terrible. I, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. You know, I'm I, sorry. Pretty much now when he plays a solo, I have to go, stop embarrassing me. I'm your father. So yeah. <laughs> that's the way it works. Or you're going to get grounded. <laughs> <laughs> Has he ever had formal lessons? Uh, no. No, he's, he's all you. Yeah. Well, I got him started, and then he just, you know, the internets and all that yeah. fun stuff. Sure. He just he took he, off. Does he read music? Uh, no, not, not, I mean, he, he knows what a note, you know, that's a G note, but he's not going to sit and read something in front of you and play it. So, so, so he couldn't like, if he, when he writes something, he, he doesn't um, necessarily write it down on paper. That's correct. And funny, you should mention that when we were just playing, he started playing one of his songs. Let's jam to this. I just wrote it and he couldn't remember the middle because he doesn't write anything down. So, yeah. Well, he should just be rolling tape on everything. Isn't that what a lot of guys do? He does, and he does, yeah, pretty yeah, much. Yeah. Pretty much. Find any good news, John? Well, I, 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 I we'll have to start with some COVID-19 stuff, obviously. Uh, uh, Governor Walls going to do his second State of the State Sunday night, and he's going to do it from the governor's residence. Uh, and you can watch it on YouTube Live at 7 o'clock Sunday. What about uh, local television? Wouldn't they carry it? Well, well because he's doing it from home, that would require TV personnel to be inside of his... Uh, yeah. Well, but, but he the did the thing the other day inside the governor's residence that we all got to watch. Yeah, you'd think they'd just pick up the channel and put that on oh, if, they they're allowed, if they're allowed to. But would they carry it normally? They wouldn't, would they? From state you of the know, state? I, I, well, we usually have the, the, the Niner on in here because they're local all morning, and uh, they had it on the other day. Because you and I watched it, Kenny. Press conference. But John's asking, in the past, have they aired the state of the state? And I don't believe oh. they have, but I think this one, wouldn't you guys say that they're probably planning on that? Yeah, I would assume. Yeah. I would assume. Uh, the uh, Democratic Convention may get push, uh, pushed back. Joe Biden, the prospective nominee, says he thinks the nominating convention will have to be pushed back from July into August, made the comments last night on Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, things things are bound to get a little strange with all that's going on, right? Oh, uh, they have. Did you guys see the train engineer story? Oh, my God, yes. No. I did not. No. I did not. A train engineer intentionally drove a speeding locomotive off a track at the Port of Los Angeles because he was suspicious about the presence of a Navy hospital ship docked there amid the coronavirus crisis. 
The locomotive crashed through a series of barriers and fences, came to rest more than 250 yards from the U.S. Navy hospital ship Mercy on Tuesday. Nobody luckily was hurt. 44-year-old Eduardo Moreno was charged with one count of train wrecking. Moreno acknowledged in two separate interviews with law enforcement he intentionally derailed and crashed the train near the Mercy. He said, quote, you only get this chance once. The whole world is watching, so I had to. People don't know what's going on here. Now they will. I don't. Un- that- well, in other words, he's nuts. No, well, he was yeah. looking at the, the, the ship, correct me if I'm wrong, Johnny, that it was almost part of government takeover, correct? That's, that was basically it, his angle. That's exactly correct. He yeah. said he was suspicious of the mercy, uh, thought it had an alternate purpose related to a me, government takeover. Let me ask you fellas something, and Such, maybe you know, is, uh, is this guy a GLer? Oh my God! No, no. What, Kenny? No, he's not a GLer. K Olson at GarageLogic.com. <laughs> he's a fruitcake. I'm gonna sit back here, guys. Yeah, thanks, Kenny. Light those fires and run away. Uh, Philip Sandfield, the spokesperson for the Port of Los Angeles, said the locomotive never came close. Chris is to the visibly disappointed. I would call Chris visibly shocked. Oh. Did this right did now. this idiot actually think he could hit the boat? Uh, apparently, and, and plus he said he just wanted to draw attention to the fact that it was there and obviously planning to take over. But if you look at the citizens, the, of the, the pictures US. are something to well, see. Well, yeah, when you look yeah. at the damage yeah. of of all of this, you wonder because he was the only person on the on the on the train. But you yep. wonder how nobody else was hurt. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a mess. Yeah. Uh, coronavirus. Now, this this is a sad note. Sorry, taking some fine musicians from us at this point. Yeah. Uh, Adam Schlesinger, founder of the excellent Fountains of Wayne, died yesterday at the age of 52. Uh, he was uh, one of two of the main writers, did a lot of stuff. Uh, he also did a lot of other work. If you've seen Tom Hanks' movie, That Thing You Do, he wrote oh, all yeah. the music for that. Yep. He was also a member of a couple other bands, wrote for television and stage. Adam Schlesinger was 52. Well, I can tell you where they got their name. Where? Look. I drove, by, uh, I drove by a, bill, uh, a, a company called Fountains of Wayne, where they made decorative bird baths and what have you. And you see it when you're going into New York. So it's in Wayne, New Jersey, I would imagine. And it's called the, Fountains uh, of Wayne. Hmm. If you rewatch The Sopranos, uh, Tony actually goes there. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I, I yes. remember him going. Oh, interesting. He goes to Fountains of Wayne and buys something for the yard. Yeah, yeah. So, yep. Uh, Alice Marsalis, a pianist and educator, and, of course, the patriarch of a large jazz family, died yesterday from coronavirus. He was 85. Uh, his sons, Witten and Branford, of course, gained national fame in the early 80s, uh, putting a fresh faced revival on traditional jazz, both uh, still very prominent and still make a lot of records. Uh, and Bucky Pizzarelli, one of my favorites, actually, uh, guitarist. Uh, he was 94, so he, he had a good long run, but he did also die of the coronavirus yesterday. Uh, his kid, John Pizzarelli, also a really good guitarist uh, and a frequent uh, musical associate of Bucky's. Now, Bucky, you probably maybe you've never heard of him, or maybe you have, but hundreds of records, you've heard of a million times. Uh, he toured with the Benny Goodman Orchestra, a longtime member of the Tonight Show Orchestra, when Johnny Carson was the host. He played on numerous records by the likes of Sinatra, Tony Bennett, Ray Charles, Nat King Cole. Also played uh, on the records that were important in the history of rock and roll. Dion, Del Shannon, Leslie Gore, Four Seasons, and later recorded with Paul McCartney, Robert Palmer, Antonio Carlos Jobim, and literally Man. thousands more. So he was uh, sessions only, John? Did he ever he, he go out on the road? 
until he was until the seventies. In the seventies, he became kind of a mainstay of the New York jazz scene. Uh, so he, you'll see if you go online, you can find videos of him playing with uh, Les Paul, Frank Vignola, uh, with his kid John Pizzarelli playing. How, you know, how old, Johnny? Jazz. He was ninety four. So you know what? Run. I don't. I'm not counting that as a coronavirus death. But it was. <laughs> I know, but ninety four. I'll take it. It was a good run. Yeah. Was That's was this the guy run. that you were posting on Johnny on Facebook and whatnot? Were the, those the clips you were putting up? I put something on this morning, yeah, yeah. a clip of, uh, of him and uh, Zoot Sims. He made a wonderful duet album with Zoot in the 70s, which is where I first ran into him. I don't he think I that. own any Zoot Sims. Really? But I've got to have something at home that he's on. Oh, I'm sure you do. I guarantee you do. I'll guarantee start looking. Johnny, did you watch the uh, the PBS documentary on First Avenue the other night? I, I just saw the last 20 minutes. I plan to watch the rest of it here at some point. Got I it. forgot it was on and turned it on late. So, A turkey slammed into a windshield and landed in the cab of a semi-truck on an Egan interstate, rattling the driver, but leaving the bird okay. It happened Wednesday, 1.50 in the afternoon, uh, right near Pilot Knob Road. Uh, the trucker was frantically waving down a passing officer. The officer saw the turkey still in the cab, removed it, and the turkey went on its way. Yeah, why, why not just open both doors and, you know... Let the turkey yeah, out. Yeah, do you need a cop for that? <laughs> well, Is this one of those steering wheel holders, some guy in his 20s who got his license in a matter of eight hours? Is that what we're talking well, about here? And if you saw the, uh, read the stories or saw any descriptions, they said he was frantically waving down a highway patrolman. So, like, help, help, there's a turkey. One of those guys. So huh? are you intentionally trying to alienate our, our whole audience, Kenny? <laughs> no, I need you, a bambulance. <laughs> you know what? A, a lot of the old school semi-drivers, that's where I got the term, and they all agree, and they're upset. Yeah, uh, no, yeah so... I'm speaking on behalf of uh, well, the the older. My, my brother, who is a truck driver, has the best line ever. No one hates truck drivers more than other truck drivers. You no, know, I've noticed that. <laughs> I, I have noticed that. And then the turkey, of course, was <laughs> pulling down the horn. <laughs> Zooch. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> what? Exactly. For a million dollars, what were we just talking about? Something about a turkey. <laughs> <laughs> I was just noticing some boating activity on Spoon Lake, so that caught my attention. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. nice. Nice. Jeez, the ice hasn't even been off for 48 hours yet. No, ice went off Spoon on uh, Monday. What's the uh, What's oh. the rules for that on Spoon Lake? What rules? Well, you know, you can't. You have to. <laughs> certain days have to come where you can go fishing and whatnot. What are the rules in Spoon Lake? Is there a no wake rule? Yeah, how, I mean, what do we got here? Depth, no, uh, rip it up, baby. Let's go. Right. It rip it up. I got a fishing question. The uh, the governor's fishing opener has been canceled, but right. fishing has not yeah. been. No, correct. Uh, uh, which I that's fine with me. I'm I'm that's I, I find that very agreeable. But well, is that a case of not yet? But no, it's fishing opener is May 9th, and apparently that's still a go. Okay, but you're going to have a lot of people at crowded boat ramps, aren't you? I'm I'm game. That's yeah. great. I'm glad we're going fishing. I'm just surprised that fishing got the uh, got the okay. Oh, you know, me. golf's not getting the okay. Oh, is that why you're bringing it up? Well, a little bit. Yeah, that's what I thought. Don't <laughs> yeah. give them any ideas. Yeah. People have been pretty good. I, I've been out I think two three times in the last two weeks, and people have been pretty good keeping their distance. Oh yeah, for the most part. Well, how are people up in your neighborhood buying their meth, John? Is that oh. like a delivery thing? <laughs> is there anybody you do not want to offend today? No, he's really in that mood, isn't he, yeah. John? He really I'm just is. Fighting back, I'm fighting yeah. back. One other uh, COVID nineteen story I didn't get to. Malaysia 
as the largest number of COVID-19 cases in Southeast Asia. And Malaysia's government uh, had a serious PR issue after an ill-conceived plan went online. Malaysia's Ministry for Women, Family and Community Development issued a series of online posters on Facebook and Instagram with the hashtag WomenPreventCOVID19. Uh, how, how would they help out? Well, it advised the nation's women to help with the country's partial lockdown by oh, not no. nagging their husbands. Oh, I think it's fantastic. Oh, no. <laughs> you wives be obedient. It's wow. so, I just happened to be reading that story when you picked it up, John. Also, <laughs> uh, dress up and... Could you put on some makeup, for yep. God's sakes? Wow. <laughs> Iron my shirt. Have you looked in the mirror lately, yeah. sweetheart? Yeah. <laughs> it advised women not to be sarcastic if they asked for help oh. with household chores. Oh, God bless you, Malaysia. Let's, let's oh, play geez. a game, shall we, between the four oh, no, of us? This is, Kenny, this is the way it should be. This is fantastic. <laughs> let's play a this game between fantastic. the four of us, boys. Uh, what would happen in each one of our homes if we were to trot oh. that one out there? Are you kidding me? I'm posting this on the refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would. Uh, I think it would be a very quick sex change operation yeah, for me. Yeah. yeah, I'm just wondering if I'd get shot before or after I finished she'd the story. She'd toss him out in the backyard, and a squirrel would carry him away. <laughs> <laughs> Malaysia government tells women not to nag husbands yeah. amid coronavirus yep. lockdown. You go, Malaysia. Wow. <laughs> this is the way it should be. <laughs> Can't we take a lesson from their government? Wow. wow. And, I, uh, there's no way. Some... She, she's not going to uh, let you get away with that, Joe. Who? He did not listen to the show. Uh, Before Joe gets in further trouble, let me move on here. In Washington State, a resident arrested following a high-speed chase that left officers dumbfounded after they found the man's pit bull behind the wheel. It happened Sunday afternoon. Police receiving calls about a driver hitting two vehicles in an area south of Seattle and then speeding away. Emergency services subsequently got multiple cows, according to Heather Axman, state trooper, the car driving erratically at about 100 miles an hour. It was a 1996 Buick. Officers gave chase, closed, uh, closed in, stopped it, and were shocked to see a pit bull in the driver's seat and a man steering and pushing the gas pedal from the passenger side. Honest to God, he was teaching the dog how to drive. <laughs> That's what he was doing. Pursuit ended after police deployed spike strips and arrested 51-year-old Alberto Alejandro. He was booked on multiple felonies, including driving under the influence of drugs. Trooper Axman said when we took him into custody, he admitted to our troopers he was trying to teach his dog to drive. She said, I've been a trooper for almost 10 years, heard of a lot of excuses. This is the first time I've heard that one. You guys have to remember Toons is the driving cat. Oh, of course. Oh, that, sure. That kitty yeah. cat could get in some trouble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking uh, about. Not going to lie, I use this story only because of the bad guy's name. A, a Georgia man arrested in Vermont on charges of cocaine distribution. Yep. 41-year-old Leroy Brown oh. of McDonough, oh, bad, bad Leroy Brown. That's right. He's charged with multiple counts of cocaine distribution. He's the baddest man in the whole darn town. That's what I've heard. Darn? You afraid to say damn on a podcast or what? Um. (laughs) Meaner than a, what was it? Meaner than a junkyard dog? Junkyard dog. dog. That's right. Meaner than a junkyard dog. And bigger than old King Kong. Yeah. A line of unusual lights spotted hovering in the sky around the U.S.-Mexico border. A lot of people claiming to have seen them. 
It all started March 31st, a lot of videos shot. One video posted to the Mutual UFO Network shows four orbs appearing to change color above Laguna Beach. Another light then appears as the objects hover in a perfect line. Where was this, Johnny? In California on the border, Mexico. Laguna Beach isn't on the border, is it? Oh. Hey, you can, it's down there somewhere. No, I so it's, you know, it's, it's, it's You can get there. You can get there. Oh. Well, they saw it in a lot of areas, Chris, if that helps you. Any. 80 miles down the coast, another video emerged at the same site over San Diego. So you're right, Laguna Beach is nowhere near Mexico. Yeah, San Diego. Nope. San Diego. Another, uh, Laguna another Beach, I've got it right here because we're a fact-based operation. So they Still? Say. Well, you know, yeah. somewhat. It's debatable these days. Uh, I think more than ever now. You are north of, way north of uh, San Diego. I'm going to guess about maybe two hours because it's just south of L.A. Well, it says here 80 miles down the coast. Okay. <laughs> and they they saw some lights, did they, John? They did, and, some and bright they, lights. Uh, yeah, that'll they happen. Moved down, they moved down south of San Diego uh, and saw them in the Mexico City of Playa de Tijuana. Oh yeah, and I got news for you: the more this uh, coronavirus uh, grips the uh, hearts of Americans, the more light stories you'll get. Well, w- was there any explanation? What, what are they, John? Aliens. No, uh, well, yeah, aliens, obviously. Well, nobody nobody's mentioning Kenny professionally. I mean, the Air Force isn't talking about it, so okay. who knows? Uh, speaking of space, the oh, final... Can I stop yeah. you a second, Such? Mary sure. Devine just retweeted the Egan Police Department, and uh, they have photos of that turkey. Uh, oh, yeah? And the semi, and there is a huge hole in the uh, windshield of that I semi. I can imagine. Do yeah. they have the driver cowering behind <laughs> the, uh, the cab? <laughs> Flagging? No, they don't. Well, the turkey apparently just ran off into the woods after... The trooper took it out. Game, I'll yeah. see you later. See you. Well, well, you know right now, fellas, it's game on for the turkeys. It's their spring break. Oh, really? Yeah, this, this is uh, the Daytona Beach time of year for the turkeys. So they're going to be like that one kid and say, coronavirus ain't going to stop me from partying. Nothing yep. is stopping them. Yep. Somebody posted a picture of a turkey. Was it Minneapolis? Downtown. Yeah, oh, that's, they're everywhere. That, they're everywhere. There's nothing. What cracks me up is the people that are shocked by this. Really, <laughs> they're, they're as common as mice these days. For the first time since the final space shuttle mission in 2011, astronauts will launch into space aboard an American rocket and spacecraft from American soil, according to NASA. The agency, along with SpaceX, is looking at a mid-to-late main launch from the manned SpaceX Demo-2 flight test from Kennedy Space Center. Uh, since the last shuttle mission in 2011, crews launching to the ISS have been conducted from Baikonur in Russia aboard the Russian Soyuz spacecraft. Uh, for now, things are going, uh, going according to plan. NASA astronauts Doug Hurley and Bob Behnken are expected to be on the May flight. Hurley and Behnken have been practicing in a Crew Dragon simulator over the last few months. Flight control teams for NASA and SpaceX have also been simulating different aspects of the mission to practice ahead of the demo to launch. Uh, has this been proven yet? What? Tested, proven? Do they trust it? Is it ready? Or what? Who's making yeah. it? Uh, well, they've been launching in Russia for. Uh, well, I know, but this is years. like like you said. This is going to be the first for us in a long time. But but we've had U.S. astronauts go up in some of those other ones in Russia. But this up to the ISS. I'm questioning the integrity of the rocket that's made here in the United States. 
It's a good one. It's a good rocket. Okay. It's a, <laughs> okay, you, you can use it. You know what it is? It's incredible. Yeah, you can get it. It's marvelous. It's, it's wonderful. Tremendous. It's doing Fantastic. lots of good things. Fantastic. Lots of nice things with that rocket. <laughs> In Michigan, a plague of unwanted nudity spanning more than 10 years has come to an end. Police have arrested a man they believe has been exposing himself for years, even as a name. They've called him the Cascade Flasher for Cascade Township, the town. 54-year-old Stephen Pastor has been in jail after he confessed. He allegedly had a routine he would keep a shirt and a baseball cap on, but would be naked from the waist down. He would stand on decks or porches of homes in and around Cascade, knocking on windows to try and get an audience. He would then then expose himself and, you know. know. Is there uh, any footage of this? YouTube Uh, channel? Does a guy... I never Nothing understood that one, that fascination, but well, how that would be your thing. It's the Porky Pig look. Oh. Well, how got, do you make a living? Didn't you, he work? You got the shirt, but no pants. <laughs> Donald Duck. Few of them did that. That's what do you do point. for a job, I wonder? That I don't have. I think he was yeah. a shoe shiner. Yeah. I've done that. A shoe shiner? So that's your uh, deal? You go outside and stand at your deck with a shirt on and no drawers? <laughs> Is, no, that, no, is that what you're no, saying? No, okay. never done that one. Yeah. And Mr. Melancholy says hi. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the cops <sighs> did take a little bit of a shot here at him, though, because he, uh, would, he would expose himself and then uh, pleasure himself, shall we say, right? But oh, does cops, he charge extra for that? Well, the cops said, quote, I, we couldn't catch him because it was typically an act that, well, didn't have much of an extended duration. Oh. So he was out of, uh-huh. out of the area rather quickly. Oh. Well, that's great. I'm glad he's in jail. He's, that's, he a, that's a hell of a story. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, Johnny. <laughs> How about this one? Hey. A Canadian man is seeking federal approval for his Guinness World Records goal of flying a kite to a height of 20,000 feet. Well, I think he should get it. That's fantastic. How did he prove uh, it? Adele Karami is a Canadian citizen who said he wants to break the Guinness World Record for the highest kite flight. If you're not sure what that is, it was set in 2014 by Australian Robert Moore, who flew his kite to 16,009 feet. Karami said he had been planning to attempt his feat at the Cal Lake Lookout this year, but so far he hasn't been able to get government approval. He picked up his childhood hobby again, he said, as a form of physical therapy after a car crash in 2018. Karami says he's reached out to Transport Canada, but has yet to hear back from the agency. He said, I want the record for Canada. I've lived here for 45 years. I am a Canadian, and I am proud of it. He said his kite-flying abilities have been hindered lately because uh, he has some health issues, diabetes and arthritis, but he said his son Adam has been helping him take daily walks, and those daily walks have been helping him build up his strength. A number of I questions there, John. How does he prove how high he got it up in the air? and? Okay. Yep. What does the ball of string look like for twenty thousand feet? It's got to be uh, the Guinness. Uh, the Guinness Book of Records kite rules are very lax. Uh, <laughs> you, you basically just say I got her to twenty thousand feet, and they accept that. Really? You, you yep. just, they take you on your word, huh? I think so. I think so. Actually, actually, they're very stringent. We know a guy who's a Guinness uh, checker. That's right. Our buddy Remember? Mike Marcotte. Mike, yeah, yeah. he's a Guinness. Uh, he shows up at. Guinness events to check to make sure everything's kosher. So I'll be damned. Hmm. There you go. Well, that's great, John. 
Okay. <laughs> Nothing's really changed with that newscast, has it? Yeah, no, we, we don't have to pay you for that, do we? Uh, yeah. I don't. I don't think I like your guys' attitude. John, I yeah. thought it was fantastic, and I miss Thank you, Chris. John, yeah. I, I had to say that, or you wouldn't have felt normal. That's a good point. You're, yeah. you're right. You know, you're maybe right. that maybe this afternoon you could get your kid to teach you a thing or two on that guitar. Huh? Oh, we we probably will. Okay, good. And we'll take anything he wants to send us because we'll play it. Okay, I'll yeah. uh, I'll mention it to him. He's he's got some free time if you know what I'm saying. I think I do. <laughs> All right, thank you, Johnny. Thanks, you John. bet. Talk to you later. Uh, GL back shortly. He can turn a negative into a positive. Mr. Fender Bender Mender, Mike Schoonover <laughs> of Schoonover Body Works and Glass in Shoreview. Mike's on the line. They're our one-stop, family-owned, third-generation body shop, the sole sponsor of Positive Thursday at GL. How you doing, Mr. Mender? <laughs> we are doing good, fellas. Happy Positive Thursday. Yeah, it's uh, tough staying uh, positive these days, so thanks for joining us. And I do have a question regarding that. How is business, Mike? Well, it is. Uh, we had a we had a almost record month in March and a good start to April, but the work is starting to slow down. So uh, we got GLers coming in, which is good, um, which is nice. So, uh, but it's going to be a it's going to be a tough road here in the month of April, um, when we are going to be working with a skeleton crew. So, yeah. But you know, there's better days ahead. Uh, there's a way around this, though. I mean, you guys are doing pickup and delivery, right? We are. We got it. We got our online uh, estimate availability. We got online payment, uh, and then uh, we do the free pickup and delivery. I mean, we'll go anywhere. Uh, the roads are clear, so right. it's uh, it's nice to drive around. But uh, but we also, you know, this uh, you know back back in what '08 we had uh, similar uh, economic turndown, and uh, we started up a thing called Good Better Best, and not everybody wants to have their car perfect. Well, so uh, we we can fix it from uh, from we can range it from less than perfect to perfect. I I'm I'm a fan of that because I've got a couple of big scratches on my truck, and uh, I just want them. I just want, I just want the good fix on them because I know I'm going to scratch it up again. So you guys can do that for me, right? You don't have to necessarily sand down the whole quarter panel and reprime it and repaint it. You could you could send a guy like me home happy, right? Yeah, and the difference is, is, is uh, you know, we can, instead of painting a complete panel, we can spot in a panel or a bumper or, a you know, whatever, wherever it's located. In most cases, we can spot it in, and then it looks great. We haven't had any comebacks come from, you know, 10, 12 years ago when we started doing this, and uh, we just don't offer a lifetime guarantee on it. Right. Because we're not going out to the edge of a panel. So Right, right. It works so, out well. So I, I, I'm thinking that the best part of these best repairs like you say they're absolutely guaranteed for as long as you own the vehicle right mike that's correct all yep. right cool uh you guys have been bus- in business up there in shoreview for 80 years Jeez, that's a long time schoonovers uh body works and glass always always rated as one of the best body shops here in the metro when it comes to body shops we all have a choice our choice at garage logic like always schoonoverbodyworks.com Joe and crew, I've a meeting to send you my best beer story. So yesterday when you read a story from a fellow GLer aboard the Midway, I thought I'd have to do this. 
I served in the Coast Guard aboard an icebreaker during the last ice age, the mid-1970s. <laughs> we worked the Great Lakes in the winter months, traveled north to Greenland in the summer to break out Thule Air Base and escort supply ships through the ice fields. Our two beer nights were on Saturdays after leaving U.S. waters, usually accompanied with a kung fu or other similar type film. During one of our Saturday side trips, we entered a fjord to take soundings. This was to help better chart these areas. Cruising into this fjord, our captain made the decision to anchor and have a picnic. Food, snacks, and beer, as well as helo rides were offered, as well as going ashore to explore. Three buddies and I went ashore, our first thought being we have to climb the fjord walls. Can't call them hills or mountains, but they are steep. We climbed as high as we could, built our we-were-here moment, then thought, what's on the other side of this? So we climbed down and around. There it was mossy, flatter ground, but caves were in the rocks. What do you do when there's a cave? You got to go in and do some exploring. That's right. (laughs) Pretty soon, out of one of the caves, we heard gold i found gold come on out comes one of my buddies with a six pack of miller beer in hand best greenland chilled <laughs> beer i've ever had wow. good luck scott isn't that something that's cool somebody got to those caves i love that he screamed gold <laughs> downing notes i think your grandmother wrote that she was born in a sod hut but she didn't write that she lived in a sod hut Maybe her parents did, as you thought, live in St. Paul at the time she was born. But her father had a guy in the country who could do the delivery at a discount. (laughs) Or or maybe it was even a barter deal. Your great-grandfather plumbed in a new outhouse in exchange for the delivery. That might be the origin of the three prices you pay. The price you pay, the price you told her you paid, and the price you pay when she finds out the price you paid. Uh, Let's see. Oh. Hail the Flashlight King. Hail you. First, yesterday you and the two dum-dums were wondering about Vegas. Casinos are closed. So when you consider that the two main reasons to go to Vegas, gambling and the shows, are closed, there sure isn't much reason to go there. Many of the hotels, like across the country, are closed, and those that are open have limited services. So Las Vegas is basically, basically like any other U.S. city at the moment. Well, there's one more reason to go to Vegas. Also on Tuesday, uh, March 31st podcast, at the end of the show, you were discussing how lucky we were to be dealing with this pandemic in the spring when we can get outside for a walk, run, or bicycle ride instead of the winter months when we would really be trapped inside. Well, that cannot be argued. Consider this. What happens if we are still in the midst of COVID-19 when the mosquitoes start to fly? We hear about mosquitoes carrying viruses nearly every summer. So will we be told that we have to stay inside? Or perhaps since this is Positive Thursday, this is one of your hot stock tips. Buy the stock of the companies that make Off and Cutter. Good luck, Todd and Chaska. All right. He seems Uh, like he's really smart. Greetings from Upper Dakota. Hail the Flashlight King. Hail you. Just wanted to give an update clarification on what is going on up here. All bars and restaurants were closed a few days after Minnesota closed them and are takeout only. Essential businesses are open, and most of them are following those rules. Target, Walmart, etc. have limited their hours, and some of the stores are limiting the number of customers allowed inside. Yes, the liquor stores are still open. Other businesses have employees where they can work from home. Schools have been closed for a while, and we are just starting our distance learning, and what a treat that is turning out to be. I still work. I work in a food production facility and we're considered essential. When you look at the majority of business up in this part of the country, a lot would be considered essential. A lot of businesses around here are associated with farming and food production. I really don't think we want those industries to stop. 
Farmers are getting their equipment ready for spring planting. Parts and supplies are being delivered. Sp- uh, seed is being prepared, etc. There is even some of last year's corn still being combined. Combined. Yeah. Even though we yeah. are not shown on the map as being officially closed, things are very slow up here. When I drive through Fargo, there is less than half the normal traffic. Wow. There are some here who don't believe or are not following the guidelines, but most <clears throat> of the population is. I'm still seeing Minnesota plates on this side of the river, though. Those of us still working are taking precautions in doing what we can stay safe brent near fargo didn't i suit didn't i read something earlier in the week or maybe last week about china or somebody now ordering a lot more corn i think i remember that yeah i I seem to remember that do you suppose that the people now that have started doing takeout are going to continue to do takeout and deliveries this aggressive like what about like 30 bales do you think they'll What's their history with takeout? Uh, I'm glad you, you know? asked, Kenny. Have uh, they always done? I, I, I suppose they've always done takeout. No, in fact, so no, I bet they haven't. Our buddies over at Thirty Bales, ThirtyBales.com, uh, by the way. In fact, he sent me a note earlier this week that they are now offering takeout and delivery through Grubhub. Oh, good. so if you uh, still want to support one of the people, and I actually did this over the weekend. Yeah, uh, I ordered because they brought back the Big Ten sub. Right. So I. Asked a bunch of the neighbors that have been helping us out with the kids and stuff throughout the week if they wanted an order. So I had Todd whip up a couple of deliveries to go and had them put them in different bags. And I could have had it delivered out to me, but I wanted to get out of the house. So I drove to drove to Hopkins. But it, it's a lot of these places are doing that. Um, and I know 30 bales never did takeout before they were forced to because right. of this. So if you want to support uh, our friends over there at uh, Main Street and Hopkins, please do so. 30bales.com, you can see their entire takeout menu. Yeah. And please let Todd and Tom both know that you heard about it on the Garage Logic podcast. Chris, the only people that are upset by the Big Ten sub coming back are the people that live like in Florida, yeah, they can't and California, get it, right? and Texas. How about this, boys, by the way? Todd said uh, they're bringing back beef. Short rib shepherd's pie. Ooh, I want some. I love shepherd's pie. And, I love beef short ribs. And also chicken wild rice pot pie. So I think mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna place an order for that. 30bales.com. Such. Uh San Francisco was the first city in the US to ban the use of plastic shopping bags. You know how long ago that was they did that? No. Two thousand seven. Wow. What? And then the salons all around the country raced to to emulate that showing of virtue, and now they've changed that. Oh. Uh, they've banned plastic. They've banned reusable shopping bags <laughs> in favor of going back to the plastic. Okay. So, again, what the salon has wanted for us is uh, most often wrong during a pandemic. Yeah. Uh, I'm getting a lot of people ripping me apart for my column saying whatever the salon dreamed up is wrong. I clarified that it's wrong during a pandemic. Right. That's great during health, I guess, if you want to sit on a crowded train and go to the ball game. Well, you know why that's taking place. We talked about it on Monday. It's because the mayor of St. Paul decided to retweet your column and then express right. his you know, disagreement with that. Right, and it's people reacting who didn't even bother reading it. Yeah, you know, exactly. They're slamming you and holding you uh, guilty for something you know might have said five, ten years ago. Hardly seems fair, does it? Well, Hardly it, seems fair. It's just that, like you have said before, people hear what they want to hear. They read, they see what they want to see, you know. And then too many of those people, like, they're they're reacting to just the headline. Yeah. Hail the flashlight king. Hail, Hail you. you. Because I'm like Roycey, and I'd rather just get the COVID-19 over with. I chanced it and went for a run after work this evening. 
by the way, is there a sounder for COVIDiot stories yet? If not, I might suggest the command and rookie's candid response to the command to pay attention. Do what now? <laughs> anyway, about half a mile into my run, I encountered a finely aged couple walking against me in the other direction. I seated the sidewalk to them and passed by on the grass while offering a friendly afternoon. The gentleman bore a striking resemblance to the mayor and muttered something I didn't quite catch, but the look on his face was somewhere between a smirk and a scowl. For the next minute or so, I mulled over how much the gentleman had looked like the mayor I've seen at a few of the live broadcasts I've attended. It was amusing to think the mayor would be just out walking around New Prague, Minnesota, so I assumed it was a doppelganger and left it at that. Shortly thereafter, I had to stop and walk the rest of the way home because I was completely exhausted. It wasn't until that moment I remembered that I donated double red blood cells two days ago. For all I know, I hallucinated the doppelganger mare. But whether I did or didn't, I should have known it wasn't a genuine article because this fake mare and the CP were not on separate walks. Keep pushing back, mare, and good luck. John in New Prague. Uh, I was not. I was not walking in New Prague. That's a wonderful email. I've been in New Prague, but I've never gone for a walk. I in love New Prague. New Prague. That's a great. City. Are they Germans yeah. or Polacks? We, we've got uh, uh, mostly Germans. I think we're it? mostly German down yeah, there. Yeah. So what do I do? One sixty nine to what? Uh, well, we're, you're coming from your place. Yeah. No, take, I, I haven't been in New Prague for. Don't you want, like, take thirty five. Oh, yeah. Take thirty five. Take the Elko exit. You can either go that way because well, I go the back roads because I'm on that side. But you can take thirty five down to. Either the Elko or the Lonsdale exit, which is Lonsdale's 19. Is it west of 35? Yes, it, it's west of 35. West Wouldn't that be damn near considered now a, a suburb? In fact, that school district, I believe, was the, the the largest increase over the last five years. I forget. I have a bunch of friends that teach and coach in that area. And the new Prague school district is just booming right but now. But what, what is it from St. Paul? 30 minutes? Uh, you're probably closer to 40. But it's damn near a suburb. Yeah, it, it pretty much is. Uh, I know a lot of people that live in that area and work in the metro. Well, there are people that commute to the metro from Northfield. Right. Is it Northfield a little farther? Uh, no, oh. it's about the same. Yeah. I was going to speculate, uh, could I take Highway 13 to New sure. Prague? And Highway 13 goes right through goes New right Prague. goes right through there. It's, it's where 13, 19, and 21 so, intersect. You know how you like to cross the river 18 times <laughs> on your right. way into downtown St. Paul? Right. You could pick up 13 right, well, actually. Across the uh, practice freeway bridge. Yeah, yeah. And take and that stay all stay on 13? Uh, from what I'm seeing, yeah, you go through Prior Savage and Prior Lake. and Of course, we're acting like there's some reason to go to New Prague. I don't have any urgent reason it, to go there. It's actually, I was just through there a year or so ago. It's a really cool town. Yeah, yeah, maybe a nice summer drive with the top down. You know what their, uh, you know what their, uh, their town festival is, don't you? I would imagine it has something to do with German food and beer. Yeah. Dolzinki days. What is that? It's a dozinki. I don't know idea. What's a dozinki? Get drunk and pass out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's yeah. a Czech. It's a Czech harvest festival. Oh, uh, the Czechs. Czechs. Yeah, yes. the Czechs. Because yeah. oh, Montgomery they... has Kolachki days. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sure, sure. I, I will say this, though, and I know you guys are huge fans of town baseball. They have one of the coolest, most up-to-date town baseball parks in the state. They did New a Prague really does? nice Yes, they did a really nice job with it. They hosted the... State amateur tournament two years ago, two or three years ago. Is that ago. where their high school team would play? Yes. Yep. Okay. Yeah, they got a nice ballpark down there. Is there going to be a town ball season this year, or is that on hold? 
Uh, we were advised no games to be played before May 1st about three weeks ago. And, and if you want my personal opinion, I think mm. our season might be in jeopardy, hmm. which, is a, which is a shame. But we get it. We understand. There's but. some sort of threshing show and uh, swap meet that I go to down there by New Prague somewhere. Anyway. In fact, most of the high school spring sports. I mean, I feel bad for all those seniors because none of those people are going to get to going to get to play their senior year. Of I, I just don't. I just don't get the ban on golf. I'm not necessarily referring to me. I don't care if I play tomorrow or not. Yes, my you point, do. No, my my point is, why deprive a high school team or a college team of their golf season? You're not. You're not near. You don't have to be near anybody. You, mean, you don't have to be near anybody. But don't you golf in foursomes or threesomes or how does I don't know how that yeah, works. Yeah, but well, think of the square footage of a green is about the average house. You can't stand twelve feet away from a guy while he's putting. I suppose this is ridiculous. I'd, I'd make the same argument for baseball. Well, Spr- uh, high school baseball. Yeah, but you have a dugout full no, of you know fifteen that's, guys. Yeah, that's different. Well, you, you can you can fix that. You uh, can spread them out down the line. Oh, <laughs> Jesus, now you're. <laughs> But by the way, hey, it's, Jimmy, go to the bullpen. Yeah, I don't I'm pitch. serious. I'm serious. In order to uh, stop the emails, it's the Pioneer Power Association annual show and swap meet that I go to. Where in is it, Kenny? Lesueur County. Okay. Let's go through the spring sports for a minute. Yeah. Right. Baseball and golf. Okay. Yeah. What else? Well, softball, you've got. Okay, softball I would place under the rubric of baseball. Track and field. Track and field would be easy to stay apart. Who are you kidding? The only thing that matters in the spring is dirt track stock car racing. The 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 sports gonna... the sports where you would have difficulty staying away from each other are hockey, football, and basketball. But you would not have trouble staying away from each other in baseball, softball, or golf. But could you imagine having track. being the the executive, whether you're the high school league or whatever? Trying to make that call of who gets to play and who doesn't? I mean, that's yeah, got to be terribly difficult. I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be argumentative or light a fire here. I'm just saying I, I can easily see ways that golf could be played without putting anyone at risk of being close to somebody. And the other problem, not though, a problem. Is, the other problem is, though, you know, school's not even in session. Everybody's you know, t- either teaching from home or e-learning from home right now. I mean, how are you going to organize all of this in the next six weeks? Yeah. You, know, you know what will prove to be a great euphemism? Distance learning. It's a euphemism for, no, I have to watch one more Peppa Pig video. <laughs> well, have you ever seen him? She's pretty cool. I like Peppa Pig. Yeah, she's all right. My point being, uh, are you kidding me? Well, Such, what about carts? I mean, we can't have two people in a cart. That's not going to High school players walk. You would, I, would, I would ban carts. I'd be comfortable with banning carts. Oh, you're one of those bastards. No, I want one, but I'm... <laughs> oh. No, uh, no, for the high school kids, they don't take carts. They carry their own bag. They could walk down opposite sides of the fairway. Do they get the I, cooler with the six-pack? That's a game we play, and the loser has to carry the damn thing. Oh, oh it's terrible. Uh, no, I, I, I just, uh, I just ashamed these uh, a lot of these kids. Are, I feel bad. But I got a great somber, sobering email from a guy. I tweeted something out about the oldest kid of the oldest kid I used to have. Okay, has had a fabulous uh, high school career, uh, both academically and athletically. Hell of a kid. 
Uh, and, you know, he, along with his classmates, will have no final gathering at school. And I got an email from somebody or a text or a tweet that said, you know, it was kind of the same way between about 1963 and 1970. A lot of those kids never got to go to high school graduations either because they were in Vietnam. And I thought it was a point well taken. Wow, that is a great point. Point well taken. Yeah. We look a little, those kids today who aren't going to have a graduation ceremony are still uh, luckier than the, the young guys their age who had to go and lose their lives in Vietnam. Is, is this also the family that has the, the youngest of the young ones uh, came home spouting the F word because she learned it from grandpa? No, no. Uh, yes, yes, it is. <laughs> no, but yes. <laughs> it's a guy. It's not a she. Okay. And uh, he he threw me under the bus because <laughs> when his mother said, what what in the world? Where did you get these? He said, oh, Papa Joe taught me these. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, A, I did not. And B, I, I texted his mother that said, Hell, he hasn't even used my best stuff yet. Right, he's using the B material. Yeah, yeah, he hasn't even used my good stuff yet. A little creep threw me under the bus, oh, man. Oh, that is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. You guys, are you realize uh, there are two ways to uh, cover your uh, cough and your sneeze that the kids are being taught? No, I know about the elbow thing. Well, you dab. Well, the, the, the elephant and the Dracula. Explain. What's well, the-, the elephant, you stick your arm straight out yep. in front of you. Yeah. You feel that cough or sneeze coming on. Then you bring that arm back. It's, right. it's, it's, mimicking, it the, yeah. it's mimicking the trunk of okay. an elephant. And it. then you nestle your nose or mouth in the crook of your elbow and let her fly. In the event that you feel one urgently coming on, and you don't have to, uh, you don't have time to undergo the complete exercise of the elephant, you go to the Dracula. What's that? That's you grab your sweater or your shirt and you bring it up cape style yep. over your mouth. Right. Boom. The elephant and the Dracula. That's how the little kids are being taught. That's how we. And, and, and me too, I guess. That's how we pass in the hallway. I'm doing it right now. When mm-hmm. we You're doing the to, Dracula? When we have to pass closely in the hallway, we Dracula it. I, uh, you got to go Dracula. I encountered one of the gals at the, at the, at the, the, the gossip station and she had the, the giant scarf wrapped around her face yeah. as she was walking down the hallway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's well, an interesting time, the old Hubbard Broadcasting. Yep. It's an uncertain time. Yes. But the food is time. free, so we're going to keep showing up. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> the cafeterias waived the fees. Yeah. Yeah, we've been eating for free uh, for the past couple of weeks. With, with their regular menus? Such, I've put on 40 pounds. I swear to God, my gut is so huge right now. How huge is it? And my <sighs> bosoms, oh, Jesus, they shake when I walk. Pat uh, Pat says he's getting a lot of food in him too. Yeah, uh, it's a food time, isn't it? Food's a source of comfort. Yeah. Why do you think I bought five meatloafs from Grunhofer? Five just... bleeping meatloafs. <laughs> I walk from the hallway and from radio down to the podcasting studio. I'm panting like I just ran a marathon. Seriously, I sometimes I double over. I'm breathing so hard. Do you ever go for a walk outside? Oh hell no! I wouldn't last. I enjoyed it so much, I might try it again next week. How are you doing on the heaters? You failed. That's the answer I needed. It was the, was the silence. It's, it's not easy, Joe. Why, I know. I've done it. Why in the hell don't you go for a walk? I just told you why. Okay, it's, so today you walk one bleeping block. exhausting. Well, you go one block today, and six months from now, you're doing two miles. You're assuming I'll be alive in six months. Well, I think it would be beneficial. 
if for no other reason, then you're going to weigh 400 I'll, pounds. I'll remember that when I'm on my deathbed next Wednesday. That bleeper yeah. made me go for a walk. <laughs> if it wasn't for Susher, I'd still be alive. <laughs> Are we done here? Uh, oh, I think we yeah. can be. Uh, it's the beauty of a uh, podcast. We make the rules. This is Thursday. Oh, boy. Tomorrow, tomorrow, Dr. Stephen Richardson of the U of M. That's he's right. invented. He's invented a uh, economical ventilator. We're going to learn all about ventilators tomorrow. I can't wait because that's some right up some GL stuff if he did this, in fact, out on his garage workbench, which sounds like he did. Yes. However, euphemistically or metaphorically, whatever the word is. <laughs> I'm just going to stay here and keep talking. You can can turn it off, but here I am. GarageLogic.com is your home for all of your episodes, past, present, and the future. Don't forget to download the PodMN app, and please rate and review the show. We'll talk to you again tomorrow, GLers.